in uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, the Word of God declares this, referring to one of the signs of the last days. It says that Satan will wear out the saints of the Most High God. So Daniel prophesied this millenniums ago, and it's being fulfilled today, like I've, I've discovered, like more than ever before, in the life of the people of God. And it's not that we're victims, it's not that we're weak and weary, but at the same time, the enemy from Daniel 7, 25, there again, the enemy knows that we are in the last days. He knows that his time is at hand. So it's like he's kicked everything into overdrive, kicked in the, the uh, turbochargers, and he is going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour like never before. He's endeavoring to, to steal, kill, and destroy like never before. I mean, some of the things that he has levied out against people, innocent people throughout this nation, the nations of the world even, is that every, every time you hear or you see or you, you read about one of those heinous acts against innocent individuals, you need to understand that it's all, all because Satan knows his time is getting shorter each passing day. Now, in conjunction with that, he is throwing everything he can at the saints of God and endeavoring to wear them out. Now, see, isn't it interesting? Okay, you have Daniel 7, 25, that, that the enemy, Satan himself, is going to wear out the saints of the Most High God, especially in those latter days, right? And then millennials later, we have Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says that make sure you don't become weary. That word simply means wear out. That word simply means wear out. So Paul is basically, in some regards, he is alluding to Daniel 7.25. They're, again, written thousands of years earlier. When he said, listen, don't let the enemy wear you out. Don't let, turn, turn to somebody and say, don't let the enemy wear you out. Just don't. Because, you know, if, if we're not careful, life will wear you out. And, you know, sometimes I discovered this. I'm sure you discovered it much before, longer before I did, is that we can allow things of life to wear us out. You know, we're all busy. We all got, we all got you know, just overloaded schedules in many regards. But that's why you also need to learn to shut things off. You need to learn to say no to certain things. And, you know, you, you, you need to make sure that you are whole. Make sure you're not being run ragged by the issues of life. If you don't hear anything else I say to you, I hope you lodge into that one because that'll help you by all means. So anyway, you know, just don't let your busyness start wearing you out. Just don't let that happen, okay? So anyway, and certain other things, don't let that occur. We understand that the harvest is inevitable, but it's predicated upon us not fainting not losing heart, not getting discouraged at the point we'd back off and say, what's the use, right? Never, ever, ever say that. Now, if you would, please, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to enlarge this theme a little bit more about this issue, which was so, so ingrained within the Apostle Paul, and it is in you too, by all means, and that is the issue of not fainting. I mean, if anyone, if anyone had a reason... And if anyone, if anyone could have been understood to had fainted, it would have been the Apostle Paul with everything he went through. I mean, everything he went through. 
And what's interesting, some of the things we don't fully understand he went through because they're not specifically uh, enlarged upon in Scripture. But when you start reading about Paul's background, especially in the book of Philippians, and he says stuff like this, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I even let it be known I'm an Israelite of all Israelites. And basically he was given his pedigree. That's, you know, he, he was named after, remember his original name was Saul. He was named after the first king of Israel. And coming from a line of not only Jewish pedigree but also and familial pedigree, but also financial standing. He grew up in an extremely affluent, wealthy environment. I mean, he had private tutors from the time he was a child. It's one of the reasons why he was so brilliant. Uh, also, of course, God gave him that mind to begin with. But anyway, um, the thing about it is, is that when, when he became a Christian, he was, he was completely, completely excommunicated from his family. He lost all of his inheritance. He, he, became, he became an unknown. This, this is kind of what happened that day in time. When, when, when Jewish people became Christians, especially in the first century, especially within uh, the, the first decade of, of uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, is that they became vagabond bastards, meaning that the mother and father not only kicked them out of the house and, 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 and severed all familial ties, but they even let people know from there on out, that's not my son or that's not my daughter. So just for what it's worth, he, he experienced that, and that was kind of so, such low level of some of his uh, trauma in life, his psychological trauma, if you will. That was so low level, he didn't even mention it. But when you study the background of the customs of what occurred during that time, you realize he went through all of that. And so that's one of the reasons why he became kind of, to a degree by design, to a degree by default too, he became an entrepreneur and he started several businesses, which of course... Uh, funded his ministry, and he, he eventually became pretty wealthy, even himself, but it wasn't because he was able to ride upon his parents, especially his father's enterprises, so he had to start all over again, and there again, that's not even mentioned. Now, it is if you read real close and then study history behind that, and then also read the works of Josephus, and, and it all ties in together, but then Paul talks about, you know, he's beaten just a lot of times, shipwrecked several times, and, you know, just, just, just you know, another day at the office. So he talks about all this kind of stuff, and, and then notice this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let's, just, let's start back in uh, verse 13. When he says, we having the same spirit of faith, are we all there? 2 Corinthians 4, 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I've taught on that very uh, scripture alone and principle, but we're going to keep moving, right? It's going from the Old Testament and saying that we do the same thing. Now, actually, we are, we are projecting our faith into the future even, right? Because we already believe, and that's why we do speak, right? Knowing that, verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Now he's, now he's beginning to talk about his love, his affection, his care, his concern for the Christians, the church at Corinth, okay? Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Bottom line, he's just letting them know 
Keep serving God, stay with God, keep exercising faith. And life itself as a whole, which it has this wonderful, miraculous way of working out for a child of God, and that all things eventually down to the thanksgiving and glory of God. Your life is this wonderful tapestry of so many threads of fabric woven together that right now you are this wonderful, wonderful handiwork of God, which scriptural phrase even right there, that your life not only depicts a picture, but it tells a story, that you are a composite of everything good and everything bad that's ever happened to you. What, what is the most important thing is that you, you have allowed the saving grace of Jesus Christ to redeem you. He redeemed everything bad that ever occurred in your life, past, present, or future, and then he has sustained and established everything good in your life that it always overshadows and overpowers everything bad in your life. And bottom line, whether it was bad in your life, it's sealed under the glory of God because God turned it around for the good. The devil tried to destroy you. The devil tried to kill you. That situation had you under, basically. But God, but God, but God, but God. I want to preach a moment right there. But God turned it around for the betterment in your life. And so when all the things that good happen in your life, that's also for the glory of God. Bottom line, good or bad, we don't like the bad. I'm just like you. I don't either. Don't like it whatsoever. But even the bad things, God sanctifies and turns around. It's called, when it's all said and done, it's called a testimony. We all want a testimony. We want a testimony to write the books, to let people know that this happened in my life. But we don't like the test. You will never have a testimony without a test. The test is what gives you the statement of faith that you now have that God made what was a mess into a bless, and you are the person that you now are. Let me digress just another moment here. Can I help you with this? Can I help you with this? There again, I'm with you. I'm in full agreement. We don't like the bad things in life. We don't like the downtimes, the regression. We don't like, the, you know, fighting, fighting depression. We don't like any of that stuff, right? Just name it, but because of time, I'm not going to. None of us like that. None of us like the loss, the hurt, the pain. None of us do. But we need to understand this because here's what many Christians say. If that never would have happened to me, I'd be a better person now or, or things would be different now. Or I'd be. Don't ever say that. And I want to make this emphatically clear. God didn't bring the destruction. But God will turn the destruction into a construction that will be a part of your life that's built within you that will never ever and cannot ever be torn down. So you need to understand with what you went through in life, it has brought you to this point where you are at in life. Don't ever think those things were a mistake. Don't ever think they were a deter. Don't ever think they were a sidetrack or a side trap. You went through that stuff to bring you to this place in time. If you hadn't gone through that stuff, you wouldn't be where you are at today. So all things redound to the glory of God. Every single thing in your life, every single thing in your life, you continue to stand, you know, stand strong, stay the course, and not faint, God will turn it around. I might be talking to some people right now that, that things are not where they should be. You are in places in life that you never thought you would be and be experiencing. 
I will promise you this. If you will not faint, and it's, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to faint when things are good. The test of your faith is when things aren't going well. But regardless of what is going on in your life, when you get to the places, bottom line, I'm not going to faint. But see, here's why you can't faint when things are going awry in your life. is because you would miss out on the next best chapter of your life. Because your next chapter is going to be the best chapter of your life. So you can't faint now during a time of dismal experience you have to stay the course, stay strong, stand strong, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God is definitely going to write a chapter that boggles your wildest imagination in Jesus' name. I'll substantiate that with Scripture. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, right? So whatever you're imagining right now, it's going to be better than that. How's that sound? So bottom line, whatever you go through, God turns it around. You are at the place in your life because of your experiences, good or bad. And God turns everything around for the good, does he not? He goes on to say, verse 16, for which cause we faint not. For which cause we faint not. I'll come back to that. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, real quick on this. Look at this. When Paul says, verse 16, the first stanza, look at it. Those six words. For which cause we faint not. Now, of course, he's referring to everything previously, to really the, the previous 15 verses. He's referring to the ministry that God has given him. And he's also reminding the people of God, the church at Corinth, people here today at CIC, that you also have a ministry. You have a life. You have a great life. And don't ever take it for granted. So Paul is saying, for this cause, we faint not. For this cause, this is why I don't faint, Paul is saying. This is why I don't faint is because I want to see your life improved. I want to see you in a better place six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now. This is why, Paul's saying, this is why I don't faint. It's because your destiny is tied with mine, and mine is tied to yours. And it's not a selfish thing or a self-centered thing by any means, it's that that I am not going to faint as long as I have breath within me. I'm not going to faint because I realize that sometimes I'm a life support for you. I'm not going to faint because I want to see your dreams fulfilled. I want to see your goals reached. I want, I want to see, see those desires that we quoted earlier from the book of Psalms those desires that you have in God, I want to see those come to fruition. I want to see the healing occur in your life or that family member's life. I want to see that miracle occur because you need that miracle. Or there again, a family member or a friend, they need that miracle. Outside of a miracle, it, whatever it is, is not going to get any better. 
So for, those, for that cause alone, for those causes, I'm not going to faint. What will cause you to never faint is when you have a cause bigger than yourself. Your cause can't just be about you. Your cause cannot be just about you. If it's, if it's just about you, you will definitely faint. If it's just about what you can achieve, what you can accomplish, what you can get out of life, you, you will definitely faint. Can I help you with this? Here's why you'll faint, is because, which you're not going to because you don't fall in that category, but I've got to speak just kind of in mass here. People will faint because they're more concerned about themselves than other people. God will not give people grace who are all about themselves. The reason that people in the history of the world, since the dawn of civilization, the reason why those people have accomplished great things is because they had a cause bigger than themselves. For this cause, we faint not. What is your cause? Now, I know the past several years, you know, maybe close to 10 years, some of you may be familiar with it before that, but um, this phrase and this, actually this uh, ideology has been pervade through our society, especially um, those in, uh, you know, be it, be it um, uh, inspirational type of uh, uh, venues and engagements and speakers and, you know, and certain self-help books. And I'm not being critical about any of it by, by any means. We, we, all, we, all need, we all need to be encouraged one way or another, right? Uh, it's just that when you're encouraged from the Word of God, it, it's, it's eternal. But anyway, uh, this, this issue about uh, the why. You, you know, you, you need to have a why. Your why has to be strong. Your, your, your why has to be one of the, the, like the guiding force, if you will, in life. And, and I agree with that to a degree. Uh, the thing is, we're, you know, the originator of that was primarily Galileo. No, I'm not going to break into song Bohemian Rhapsody here, but um, <laughs> shouldn't even said that, huh? But anyway, so Galileo, he, he was really the progenitor of projecting why. That's one of the reasons why he was the brilliant-minded individual he was is because he always wanted to know why. And to this, to this day, uh, many math, mathematical principles are, were founded by Galileo. And, of course, he was not, not only just a great discoverer of so many things, from you know, mathematics to physics uh, to mechanics. I mean, the guy, the guy invented, of course, didn't have patent rights at that time at all, but he was a progenitor of so many inventions that we enjoy today. I mean, the guy was just so far ahead of his time. And, of course, especially... One of those well-noted astronomers also. But anyway, he was the one that always projected that why. You, should need, you, you need to know the why. Why does this work? Why doesn't it work? Why can't this be done? And it, so anyway, so, so he, there again, that, that's what caused him to achieve what he achieved in many regards. And, and so how it's kind of been a little bit, uh, a little bit construed today is that Okay, all you need in your life is a why, and it'll keep you going. And, you know, I, it's not that I'm a contrarian person. That's not the issue. It's just that 
Well, you know, no, let's, no, let's, we, we really need, we really need to dissect that. Because here, look at this. This is not a trick question, that, uh, nothing, okay? Okay, when you, when you are asked why you do certain things, why you serve God, why, why you tithe as a Christian, why you help the poor, why you help those in need, why you, when, when you are asked why, what's the first word that comes out of your mouth? That's not a trick question, but that's the right answer. 100% of the time, the person is going to say, because. Well, actually, they could say, well, eventually you're going to say, because. When you are asked why you do what you do, the first thing is there is a because, because there's a cause. So what now you have done you have lined up with a cause because you see value in it. See, this supersedes the why. The why eventually, the why eventually, of course, should be fulfilled, but the cause is eternal. The cause is perpetual in your life. The cause keeps you going. That's why you don't faint. And so when, when you understand that the cause that I'm endeavoring to fulfill in life has a because which answers the why. What underlines the why in life is the cause and the because is why you do it. Because you have a belief that God is who he says he is. I mean, just come back to that. Why are you a Christian? Well, because I believe because I believe in the cause of Christ. We don't say it that way, but that's really what we're saying when we say, because I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe that he lived a sinless life on this earth for approximately 33 and a third years. I believe that also he received the stripes upon his entire body. He was beaten almost to death, mock trial that he endured, hung on a cross for six hours and died at the moment of that sixth hour, representing the number of man. And then he was laid in a borrowed tomb that Joseph, Joseph Arimathea said, here, you can use this, because I know, I remember you saying you're only going to be in it for three days, so you can use it for three days. And on that third day, Jesus came out of that. Then after that, he rose from the dead. The Bible makes it very clear. He walked upon this earth for 40 days and 40 nights before he ascended on high, which he is now, right now, listen to what I'm saying, understanding what's going through your mind and aware of your very heartbeat and knows the number of hairs on your head, seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's my because why I'm a Christian. Some of us say, that's my because too. So, so... Because you believe in the cause of Christ. You believe who he says he is. He because, because why, why are you a Christian? Because he changed your life. No one else could. All those other people, you know, you thought a person, you thought a certain man could change your life. That didn't work out. How'd that turn out? <laughs> you thought a certain woman could change your life. Oh, you, then you were living in hell for quite a while before you got set free. But anyway, you went through all kinds of stuff. We're just getting real today. But then when you came to Jesus, your life was changed. Why? Because Jesus is greater than anyone you've ever met. 
And he's given you a cause to live an abundant life. He's given you a cause to enjoy life. He's given you a cause to understand that you are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that you're a child of God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And it's easy for you to buy into that cause, if you will, because of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life that transformed you. It's all about the because of the cause. Tell somebody it's, it's, it's about the because because of the, because of the cause. I'll get it out here in a moment. Every cause has to have a because. If you don't, you're not going anywhere in life. And then when you, when you have a cause, in this case, a God-given cause, a God-given cause backed up by the indwelling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're not going to faint. you got to keep your eyes on the invisible cause. Because if you are always and only looking for external visual results, you will faint. You will faint. But when you continually look unto those things you can't see, and every now and then the Lord gives you a little glimpse behind the veil, if you will. And you begin to be reminded by the Holy Spirit himself. And the Lord Jesus Christ begins to speak things to your spirit and let you know that you have accomplished more than you will ever know this side of heaven. And you won't fully know until you get to heaven. So when you begin, there again, take your eyes of what you see or maybe what you don't see. Either or, stop looking at the things which are seen in the temporal and start looking at the things that are eternal. And when you start looking at that, your cause will stay strong, it will stand strong, it will stay the course, and you will never, ever, ever quit or give up in Jesus' name. For more information about our teaching resources, visit our website at ciclive.com.